Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in his series on the first epistle of Peter, with this sermon entitled, Christ Submitted to the Father, preached June 25, 2017. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to 1 Peter, chapter 2, beginning with verse 21. 1 Peter 2. 21 through 25 speaks of submission of Christ to the Father, which brought to us redemption, justification, reconciliation, propitiation, and the blessing of double transaction, that our sin and guilt and wrath and punishment was taken over by Christ, and he died for our sins. And his perfect righteousness has been granted to us. And we are justified, redeemed, reconciled by the propitiatory sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We are saved forever. We are the happy people on the face of the earth. What does it profit if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? Beginning with chapter 2, verse 11, St. Peter in his first epistle has been speaking on the subject of submission of believers to God and to his delegated authorities. Listen, sir, listen. Believers are to submit to the rulers of the state. Second, house slaves must submit to their housemasters. Beginning with 2, 22 through 25, Peter describes Christ's own submission to his Father in the accomplishing of our redemption. Therefore, this is part three on the subjects of godly submission. A believer who confessed Jesus Christ is Lord That believer now and forever obeys the Lord and all his delegated authorities by the power of the Holy Spirit with joy. Luke 6, 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not obey what I say? If you are disobedient to Jesus Christ, you are not saved. James 2.17 says in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, obedience, is dead. And Hebrews 5, verse 8 and 9, although he was son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Five points I want to speak. First, follow Jesus in suffering. You are called to suffering. I was in Cape Comorin, the southern tip of India. And Holy Spirit spoke to me, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground, 
and dies, it remains alone. Christ died and we are called to suffer. He said, deny yourself, take up the cross and follow me even to death. Jesus Christ is saying, come and what, sir? Die. Not come and dine. Come and die. True believers gladly follow in the footsteps of Jesus to suffer for his name. They do not confess Jesus Christ is Lord to get rich and famous in this fallen, sinful world destined for destruction. Second Peter 3.10 But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. St. Peter counseled Jesus not to die on the cross. He tried to prevent soldiers from arresting Jesus. He denied Jesus three times to protect himself from suffering as his disciple. After his resurrection, Jesus restored him. Jesus predicted that Peter in the future would prove his unconditional love for Jesus by suffering crucifixion himself, following in the footsteps of his Lord. Friends, we are called to deny ourselves, take up the cross, and follow Jesus even to martyrdom if needs be. So we read 1 John 2 verse 6, Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus walked. Point number two, the sinless Christ. First Peter 2 verse 22. Jesus did not commit any sin, neither any guile was found in his mouth. Friends, Isaiah, centuries before the birth of Jesus, foresaw the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus. We read in Isaiah 53, verse 9, He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor any deceit in his mouth. And St. John tells us in John 12, even after Jesus had done all these miraculous signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet, Lord, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. Isaiah said this because he saw the glory of Jesus and spoke about him. Friends, Jesus was sinless, perfect God, perfect man. Now let us prove it to you. First Peter 1.19 But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. 
1 Peter 3.18, for Christ died for sins once for all. Notice, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God in heaven. He was put to death in the body and made alive by the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Hebrews 7.26, such a high priest meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. 1 John 3, 5, But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Jesus challenged his enemies, Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? John 8, 46. Sinless Jesus Christ. And John 19, verse 6. As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify him! Crucify him! But Pilate answered, You take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. Jesus was God, man, perfect God and perfect man. He alone fulfilled God's law perfectly by his active and passive obedience. A sinful Jesus could not redeem anyone. He himself would need a redeemer. His resurrection proves Jesus was sinless. Point number three, the silent suffering Christ. First Peter 2.23, when he was being reviled, he was not reviling back. When he was suffering, he was not threatening. But he was entrusting, committing all things to his Father, who judges justly. St. Peter is reflecting on what Isaiah said in Isaiah 53, verse 7. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Jesus lived his entire life by the power of the Spirit, led by the Spirit. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit led him to the desert to be tempted and he came back in the power of the Holy Spirit to Galilee. He went to his synagogue in Nazareth, where he read from Isaiah 61, verse 1, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Spirit of the Lord rested on him. Spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, power, spirit of the fear of God rested on him, and he delighted 
in the fear of the Lord. Christian life is impossible unless you are regenerate and indwelt by the Holy Spirit so that you can say, I can do all things through him who gives me power. He lived by the Holy Spirit all of his life. Even his crucifixion was in the power of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 9, 14, how much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God. Even so, friends, if you are born again, every true believer lives by the Holy Spirit. St. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 4, verse 14, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed because the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. The word rest coming from Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2 and 3. The Spirit of God is resting on us all the time. Not only he was silent before his tormentors, he was committing all his troubles to his father, the righteous judge. He kept on praying to his father who had declared, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Peter himself tells us in his first epistle, Chapter 5, verse 7, cast your cares and burdens on the Lord because the Lord cares for you. The Greek word for cast is epiripto. It means to throw, to commit, to entrust something to another so you do not carry that burden anymore. A saddle is thrown onto the back of the horse. You do not carry it anymore. Friends, if you are burdened, if you are troubled, come to God in prayer and entrust your burdens to him that we may not carry it anymore. God Almighty carries it. So Jesus entrusted his burdens to his father even as he committed his spirit to his father before he died. Luke 23, 46. Listen, sir. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. God is our burden bearer. Even as a father bears the burden for his child. Remember King Hezekiah. He received a threatening letter from the wicked Sennacherib, the king of Assyria. What did Hezekiah do? He, Hezekiah, 
went to the temple and prayed in effect O Lord you have a letter here from Sennacherib please take care of your people Isaiah 37 14 through 20 God solved the problem he sent one angel who killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers in one day. Sennacherib himself went home to Assyria and his sons killed him. Go to God in prayer. He will take care of your problem. As Jesus did entrust his troubles to his father. When we are maltreated, we don't retaliate. We pray. As we are told in Romans twelve nineteen, Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. He will deal with every sin. Friends, Jesus Christ is coming again. The Father gave him all authority to him to judge. Jesus said, John 5.22, Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, Jesus Christ. Either you believe in him, or you will meet him as the judge to send you to hell. Philippians 2, 8 through 11, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I said he is coming again to judge. And at death, he is going to judge you. The rich man died and went to hell. He was in torment. He was in agony. He was in fire. Jesus said so, sir. You mock the Bible. You mock, pastor. You mock Jesus Christ. And you will pay for it. That's why the Bible says, work out your salvation with the fear and trembling. Second Timothy 1, 6 through 8, God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled. And to us as well, this will happen when the Lord Jesus is, re is revealed from heaven in blazing fire. With his powerful angels, he will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sinless Jesus suffered silently in our place for our sins. Romans 4.25, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Romans 8.32, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, for our salvation. How will he not, along with him, graciously give us all things? Yeah. Friends, they spat on his face. 
If you are not believing in Jesus, you are spitting on his face. They struck him. They slapped him. They mocked him. Finally, they crucified him. Friends, cross first, crown later. Christ went to the cross and then God exalted him. That is also God's pattern for us. Follow him through Calvary to glory. God will give us a crown of life. A crown of righteousness. A crown of glory. If he endures suffering by the Spirit, we will also reign with him. Number four, sir. Sin-bearing Christ. First Peter 2.24, our sins, my own translation, our sins Christ himself bore in his body on the tree that having died to our sins, we may live unto righteousness by whose bleeding wound we are healed. This verse is the heart of the gospel. And he is reflecting Isaiah 53, verse 5 and 12. Verse 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. Verse 12, Isaiah 53, therefore I will give him a portion among the great. And he will divide the spoils with the strong because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sins of many and made intercession for transgressors. What is the purpose of Christ's incarnation? The purpose of Christ's incarnation was to give his life a ransom for many. Christ died who per amatrius hemon for our sins. For our sins. Not his sins, for our sins. And First Peter chapter 1, 18 and 19. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. And we read already, First Peter 3.18, For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He died as our substitute for our sins. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, eternal death, sir. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Sir, God's wrath was against us. Romans 1.18, it was poured out fully upon Jesus. Fully upon Jesus. The cup is empty. No wrath will come upon us. He paid the highest price for our redemption.
Friends, the whole creation has no value to redeem us. What does it profit if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? You are the biggest fool in the world. The richest man, what does it profit for him? He must die. And go to hell unless he puts his trust in Jesus Christ and follow him. Deny himself, take up the cross and follow him. You are trying to amass as much money you can. Jesus said you cannot serve two masters, God and money. He took all our sins. And he suffered God's full wrath in his body and soul. Remember he cried out from the cross, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The answer in the scripture, you died for the sin of the elect people of God, whom God has chosen before the creation of the world. He foreloved, he chose, he predestinated, he effectually called, justified, adopted, being sanctified to be glorified, sir. We are God's segula, and God is our segula, our precious inheritance. Are you still wondering whether you must trust in Jesus Christ? Oh, you are making money, and we are happy. You see, he's making money, sir. The high ideal of American life is achieved. That is not the high ideal, sir. The one thing needful is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. He offered himself as a sacrifice of atonement for our sins on the altar of the cross. So God can justify justly all who believe on Christ because he paid for all our sins when he died on the cross. So in Jesus Christ alone, we find justification. We find our redemption. We find our reconciliation. We find our propitiation and our double transaction. He took our sins and he gave us his perfect righteousness once for all. And listen, to Leon Morris that he writes this way in his book The Cross in the New Testament Redemption is substitutionary for it means that Christ paid the price that we could not pay he paid it in our stead and we go free justification interprets our salvation judicially, legally. And as the New Testament sees it, Christ took our legal liability, took it in our stead. Reconciliation means the making of people to be at one by taking away the cause of hostility. In this case, the cause is sin. And Christ removed that cause for us. We could not deal with sin. He could and did. And did it 
in such a way that it is reckoned to us. Propitiation points us to the removal of divine wrath. And Christ has done this by bearing the wrath for us. It was our sin which drew it down. It was he who bore it. Was there a price to be paid? He paid it. Was there a victory to be won? He won it. Was there a penalty to be borne? He bore it. Was there a judgment to be faced? He faced it for us. Hebrews 9 verse 28 says, So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 29, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. St. Peter says in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, For Christ, our Passover Lamb, has been sacrificed. No other Savior, sir. Christ alone is the Savior of the whole world. The Samaritans confess that. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Any worship of God outside of Jesus Christ is worship of demons. First Corinthians 10, 20 and 21. Christ took away our curse our death and our hell inherited from Adam and due to our own sins when Jesus died in our behalf on the cross, it was taken away. And so we read in Galatians 3, 13 and 14, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. The purpose of Christ's substitutionary death, this is very important, sir is that believers in Christ live a holy life by doing God's will by the power of the Holy Spirit. We died with Christ, we were buried with Christ, and were raised with Christ to live a new life. We are by faith united with Christ, we died to sin, so sin is not anymore our master. Jesus paid for our sin by his life and death. Now Jesus Christ is our Lord and master. 
as branches by faith we are united with Christ the vine his life flows into us continually to bear much fruit of obedience for the glory of our heavenly father and the bible says therefore there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus the bible says john 15 verse 5 i am the vine you are the branches if a man remains in me and i in him he will bear much fruit apart from me you can do nothing what does that mean with him we can do all things even to die for his name second corinthians 5:15 listen sir and he died for all that means all the elect that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again Titus 2:11 and 12 For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all many teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live a self-control upright and godly lives in this present age Romans 6:22 sir but now that you have been set free from sin from the dominion of sin and have become slaves to God the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life condemned be that pastor who says you can believe in Jesus and sin the dominant position in the evangelical world I say the antinomian Christian is a child of the devil, a false Christian without personal holiness no one will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. By his bleeding wound St Peter says we are healed. We are saved. Saved forever. On the basis of Christ's atoning sacrifice by faith in Jesus every believer is saved forever body and soul we are saved we are being saved and we will be saved in god's sovereign will he may heal even our sicknesses and the bible says when evening came matthew 8 when evening came many who were demon possessed were brought to him and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet isaiah he took our infirmities and carried our what sir diseases in his sovereign will and yet paul says i left trophimus sick at my latest it was not god's will saint paul prayed three times for his torment and he said no i gave you to keep you from becoming conceited in his sovereign will he heals in his sovereign will he may not heal friends at death our spirits will be made perfect and brought to heaven at christ's second coming he will give each believer 
a glorious body like unto his own sinless, glorious, physical body. Philippians 3, 20 and 21, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a Savior. Are you waiting a Savior from heaven, sir? We eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Colossians 3, 4, when Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Friends, by his bleeding wound, the worst sinners are healed, saved, saved forever. Listen to St. Paul, 1 Timothy 1, 15. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full Faith, acceptance. Have you accepted the gospel, sir? Or are you debating? You may die today, then what? You read John 8, you will die in your sins, Jesus said three times. May God help you to die in faith in Jesus Christ. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I'm the worst. But he gloried in the gospel because the gospel saved him. Gospel means good news. Number five, the last point, Christ our shepherd and bishop. Isaiah 53, 6, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Ezekiel 34, 11, for this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. The reason for Christ's atoning sacrifice on the cross was our going astray from God. The reason was our sin. Romans 3, 9 through 18. What shall we conclude then? Are we any better? Not at all. We have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under sin. Verse 12, all have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good and not even one. Our sin is the reason for Christ's incarnation. Paul says, Romans 5, 12, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because, what sir, all sinned. Wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. So there's a gift, sir. Jesus Christ is here offering you gift of salvation. He is here, sir. Where two or three are gathered to them, there I am in the midst of them to bless them. He is here to forgive your sin, to justify you, to give you the gift of salvation. I want to know what's your excuse. I want to know. You must be smarter than God. 
Christ died our death for our sins. Let me tell you about sheep. Sheep, when they stray from the shepherd, they get confused and bewildered. They lie down, unwilling to move. They wait for the shepherd to come to take them home. Friends, so Christ came from heaven to seek and save the lost elect sinners. In his body he suffered and died for our sin to lead us all home to heaven to glory. Now Peter says we are returned to our shepherd and bishop of our souls. Friends, let me tell you, sheep depends on the shepherd for total care. Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack whatsoever, nothing. Jesus said, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. And no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. My father is greater than I and no one is able to snatch them out of his hand. In our shepherd Jesus, we have eternal security. By effectual calling, we have turned from sin and turned to Jesus in saving faith. He drew us and we all came to Jesus in true repentance and saving faith. Friends, Jesus is our good shepherd. Jesus is our chief shepherd. Jesus is our great shepherd. He is our life. He has appointed under shepherds to take care of us. That is because of his care. Ephesians 4.11 it was, He who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. Acts 20 verse 28, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Imagine how much God loved you to redeem you by the highest price, the blood of God, it says. In First Peter 5, Verse 2, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing. As God wants you to be, notice, not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Cursed is the man who becomes a pastor to make money. Jesus knows all our needs. And he provides. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you as well. And that is still true, sir. He may not provide all your wants, but he provides our basic need. First Timothy 6, 8, But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. He also ordains suffering for our spiritual good 
to make us holy and mature, to make us like Christ, to dwell with him in eternal happiness. Let me say the final remarks. Listen to this, Psalm 27, verse 4, and apply it to yourself. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I am seeking, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. For what purpose? To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Eternal life is life in the presence of God. God is the, our happiness. And we cannot understand we are his happiness. God is our treasure and we are his treasure. In his presence, fullness of joy. And on his right hand, what's up? Eternal pleasures. And let me read this to you. Revelation 21, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying for the old order of things has passed away. Let me ask you, sir. Have you returned to Jesus from your sinful wandering life? This Service is unique. It will never be repeated. And you are here brought by Christ to this meeting for your blessing. Number two, have you trusted in Jesus Christ alone for your eternal salvation? He was given over to death for our sins and raised to life for our justification. Number three, this Jesus Christ is both the Savior and the judge and everyone shall face him on the last day. Number four, every sinner will be judged either in the substitute Jesus or in the sinner himself who must bear the totality of his wrath for all eternity. Can you say, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God? Can you say, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus? 
Can you say nothing in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord? Number six, do you cast all your cares upon the Lord who always cares for you as the good shepherd? Number seven, if you die today in God's holy will, Will your spirit be perfected and be brought to paradise? As it was true of poor Lazarus of Luke 16 and the soul of the believing thief in Luke 23. And finally, know for certain, heaven or hell awaits for every soul eternal life or eternal punishment. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And every one elect sinner will be drawn by the preaching of the gospel. Will be drawn by Christ himself and you will come and be saved. Heavenly Father, we pray that you save your people. Build up your people in the most holy faith. Help us, O Lord, that you have brought us back. You are our good shepherd. The chief shepherd, the great shepherd of the sheep. You are our life and our salvation. We have nothing to fear. O Lord, bless your people, everyone. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace Valley Christian Center is committed to the unchanging truth of the Holy Scriptures. We have been proclaiming the whole counsel of God since 1974 through our weekly worship services, our website resources, and our publishing ministry. For more information about our church, to find more edifying sermons, or to order books by the Rev. P.G. Matthew, please visit our website at gracevalley.org.